Man, I am tired. What's that? I'm tired. I've been tired so like this whole week. It's been a long week for you. Uh, real burp. It's been the longest week. It's, it's been, been like technically a week and a half. Five days since you talked to me. No. No, it's been one week since you looked at me. Oh, is it one week? Yeah, bro. I don't know that song. No, it's fine. You, nobody should know that song. It's a stupid fucking song. It's a shitty reference. Shitty references are the best references, though. Uh, I hear right. mics coming through. Does that mean you're recording again? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're up. That's what happens when you don't have the music playing in the background. You can hear the monitor headphones. Yeah, they just start jingling away. Uh, I was thinking about this when I was out riding the Indian demo bikes uh, today, this morning, or maybe it was yesterday afternoon. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was this morning. I thought it'd be really funny. Uh, Most people, I think, are not going to get it, but you and me are of a certain generation where it's like, tonight. On a super, an extra special episode of Silver Spoons. Oh, but you gotta start. If you're gonna do the movie one, it's the the inner world. In a world where Indian motorcycles dominate the planet. No, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about you know how they always did like the the ex, the special episodes. Yeah, yeah. Where it was like some On the TV episodes. Yeah. But then in the in the like, movies, somebody got t- the somebody world. got touched. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like the, little the Ricky little... Schroeder has to deal with the damage that his uncle inflicted on him with his middle finger. Yeah. yeah. So this afternoon on an extra special episode of Ride More Talk Less podcast, we deliver a public service announcement about locking yo shit up. Yeah, about not getting your fucking motorcycle stolen. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, last week. So we're recording this on Sunday. So not technically last week, but a week and a half ago on Wednesday uh, morning, early hours of the morning, my bike got stolen. Um, And so I've been dealing with all of that. The plus side for me as an individual is it was, I had a payment, so it had full insurance coverage. So that's got me. Um, Also my carrier that I have, I have progressive insurance and progressive has disappearing deductibles. And it's been long enough that I've gone with them without a claim that my deductible disappeared. So it's costing me nothing out of pocket. Uh, so I can't speak highly enough. I I'm not here to show for progressive. I don't really care who you have. Just make sure you have good coverage because you're going to be glad that you do. If something shitty like this happens to you. Um, but yeah, so I've been dealing with that. Well, there's one more report. real big positive. Yeah. You don't have that swicky pipe anymore. <laughs> you know what? You're not the first person <laughs> to say that, and you're not wrong. I can take the money that I spent on the swicky pipe and spend less of it on a better pipe. It is. Yeah, you know, so silver linings. I don't have a deductible, so nothing's coming out of pocket. I did owe money on the bike, so I am losing some of the payout to paying it off. But it won't be too long before I'm able to get a check in hand and find something new. I just don't know what it's going to be. But things that are notable for me, like if if you have access to a secure garage, use it. I didn't. So 
over years and years and years of multiple bikes and not ever having any of them stolen, I thought that what I was doing to secure my bike was enough. It's only enough until you find a determined thief who wants your bike, no matter what you do. I had a disc lock on it. I had it covered. It wasn't sitting out in the, I mean, it wasn't in a garage. It was in my driveway, but it wasn't sitting out fully on display. So somebody would have had to come by and pull the cover to see what they were looking at beyond telling from the profile of it, that it was a cruiser, but I had a disc lock on the back. The forks were locked with the, the stock fork lock that was on there. Um, but it wasn't enough. They wanted it more than my theft deterrent, uh, made it a hassle for them. So it's gone. It's the unfortunate thing about living in the city is you can't ever really secure your bike. If somebody wants it bad enough, they're going to come and get it. The, biggest thing you can do is to deter like your passerby thieves that are opportunistic. Yeah. And for that, usually like a disc lock, a cover, things like that, just make it easier for them to steal your neighbor's bike instead of your bike. Yeah. That's kind of been my goal this whole time with my bike. Um, I've moved into now I've got an alarm on my bike and stuff like that, but that's even not good enough. You know, a good bike thief. I feel like I don't want to give hints on how to steal motorcycles on here. So it's hard for me to, to work my way around this conversation without making somebody a better thief through it. But there are ways to steal bikes. So like yours actually took a little while the way that they were doing it. Apparently I, to, I have no idea what they, what they did to do it. But the video timestamps that I got from the business next door, uh, they tell me I didn't watch the videos because I'm a big baby and I can't handle things like that. Emotionally. I didn't want to see my bike leaving in the back of a van. So I didn't watch the videos, but the uh, manager from the business tells me that the timestamps were like 4:42 AM to 4:54 AM. So it took them a grand total of 12 minutes to show up, load my bike up and, and pound sand. And that's a long fucking time. It is. I feel like I could have done that job in three minutes tops a minute, you know, if really pressed, it's just so shitty. And so like it's just, I, people are garbage as cynical as I was. This doesn't help at all. And theft is up all over, all over the place in general, but Portland specifically, um, Vehicle theft, bicycle theft, motorcycle theft. They're huge right now. Yeah. Everything's getting stolen. On the off chance that you uh, were out looking for my bike because you've been listening to this podcast and knew all of the cool things I did to modify it. That's the other thing. There were other bikes in the vicinity that would have been easier to steal and they took mine. They took it because that's the bike that they wanted. They weren't looking to, like Adam was saying, it wasn't an opportunistic theft. It was a targeted theft. So on the off chance you were looking for that bike because you heard about all the modifications and aftermarket things that I did to it. Uh, maybe you're listening to this podcast. Go fuck yourself. You dickless pieces of shit. Yeah. I hope that nobody who's listening to this podcast would do that. If there's any bike thieves like on this podcast, fucking come show yourself. I I, fucking any day, any fucking day. That's some bullshit. Yeah, I'm trying really hard to like rise above it and not be angry, but it's just so fucking pathetic to do that to another person. Like, did you not evolve beyond third grade? Did you not learn that stealing people's shit is wrong? And it's not just like they stole material possession. I mean, there's that. But usually when somebody gets up to the point of of being able to get a motorcycle, 
there's struggle and heartache involved in making that happen. And there's effort put into learning how to ride a motorcycle. And it becomes your only release that you have really is to go out and ride it. So they're not just stealing like a machine from you. They're taking away your free time. They're taking away your summer plans. They're like, well, yeah. And like if they had taken my, uh, if they had taken my Honda, my first bike, like if that bike had gotten stolen back then, I'd be like, that's a bummer. That's my first bike. It really sucks. Okay. Or if they had taken my second bike when I got my Yamaha FZ10, that bike had some work done to it. I put some aftermarket parts on it to make it more usable for touring any like any kind of distance or whatever. And that would have sucked, but that was all like bolt-on parts and shit. This bike, I put real time and effort into. Adam and I and our friend John custom built the sissy bar. Like this was a bike that I invested in more than just money for parts and time to put them on the bike. This is a, like I had real investment in this bike. Like where were you five years ago when I had a bike I didn't care about that I could have just gone to the store and bought another exactly like it and just moved on with my life. Now I've got to go through the hassle of figuring out what I want to do for a next bike. Do I want to put that level of emotional investment into the machine again? Like, just fuck you so much. Fuck you. Fuck you so much. Yeah. Big so, takeaways. <laughs> storage. Key. And insurance. Like, I've insurance for so many reasons. You know, we have a friend of ours who his son just got his first motorcycle and it got stolen within a couple of weeks of getting it. Like, didn't have insurance. So he's got no way to recover anything from that motorcycle. It's just gone. It's a 100% loss. I I have friends that are riding their motorcycles daily without any insurance at all. Crash it, 100% gone. Get hit by somebody in traffic, you're eating your own medical bills because now the accident's your fault and the bike's gone. Like, insurance is, should be, it should be a no-brainer, you know. Good insurance, good storage, and motorcycle insurance is cheap, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, I... think scale, 250 bucks a year. Oh, no, I mean, mine... I don't know. I don't know how to math. Mine's more than that. So we talked about this the other day. I pay more than you pay. I pay like just under $60 a month for two bikes. Yeah. And so that's less than it would be because I get a multi-vehicle discount. That's less than a car too, though. Yeah. But that's full coverage, whole nine yards. Full fucking coverage thing. Everything. And you don't have to have collision to have theft covered. That's under comprehensive. Comprehensive yep. usually is an extra like 10 or 12 bucks a year. Yeah. Like it really, maybe it's a hundred bucks a year, but whatever it is, it's worth it. Like it's nothing. Um, definitely do everything. If you don't have a secure garage, that's number one. If you have one, use it. If you don't do everything that you can to lock it up. Like I had a rear disc lock on it guarantee the next bike is going to have front and rear locks on it. Lock the ignition, lock the forks. If you have a place where you can sink an anchor into the ground, they make really good flush, uh, flush lay. They lay flush, um, anchors, anything you can chain it to. Yeah. If you can chain it to something durable and permanent, uh, even if you chain it to something else, just that makes noise and is a pain in the ass to deal with. Like, 
You can chain it to a hunk of shit $100 motorcycle if they have to drag around and make it more of a pain in the ass. I guarantee my next one will have, like, I don't know a whole lot about it. This will be a conversation, I'm sure, because you're looking at stuff. But, like, a low jack kind of thing. Uh, an alarm locks on on both wheels. Uh, a lock on the cover. Because the cover was on it, but the cover wasn't locked on it. And I realized that, like, it's nylon sheeting that will be defeated by a box cutter, but making it more inconvenient for most of the cases. Like I said, my bike was targeted and probably camped on and like scoped out for a while. Cause I was out of town when it happened. My car is usually parked there, boxing it in to make it less convenient to get to my car. Wasn't there. Cause I was, I was not there myself. Just, I don't, Think outside the box. Anything that you can do. Try to uh, add time to how long it takes to get the bike out. That's the that's the big mindset you should have is that the bike is going to go away. That people are going to steal it. It's just a matter of like how much noise and how much time is it going to take, and to so that you can buy time to go out there and and you know stop them or you know uh, time to get a good clear picture on video, depending on what your level of confrontation you're comfortable with. I'm pretty confrontational, so, you know, I've got an alarm on my bike. I've got my bike chained to a car, you know, a bunch of shit to make it kind of a pain in the ass and drag that time out so that I can get out there and be confrontational. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i kicking myself a little bit. I'm really glad that I was able to get some help from the business next door because there was an incident with one of my roommates motorcycles. It didn't get stolen, but it got knocked over by somebody and has some mild cosmetic damage to it, which is more of a headache than anything. And like a level of disrespect that I just can't get my head around. But when that happened, I was like, you know, then, then this happened. And I was like, fuck, why didn't I put up cameras? Yeah. Why didn't I put up cameras? So I could have gotten good, clear video of these people coming in and doing this thing. I don't know how many of them there were. I don't know if they were guys or girls or combination. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I spent a lot of time and money and effort in dialing this bike in. I had it set up the way I wanted. I was going to do some more performance kind of stuff to it later. But as far as like comfort and riding position and personality and personalization. I had that thing dialed in for like six months. I got to, I got to ride it in the way that I wanted it to be set up for six months. And half of that was the winner. And then just some worthless shit bags who with shitty fucking parents, fuck you and fuck your parents too. They raised asshole kids just came and took my shit. Let's talk about low Jack and stuff for a second. Yeah. Um, I learned a little bit about that when I was working at the dealership. It sucks. Lojack is not a valid option to, to track your motorcycle after it's stolen because sheet metal blocks the Lojack signal. So if it's put inside of a trailer or put inside of a van, then your motorcycle goes black and you you can't track it. Um, you want something that's GPS locatable. Uh, not to give shout outs to anybody in particular, but Sprint has some devices for like seven or eight bucks a month that are uh GPS like and the cell, cell phone service signal. company. Yeah. Nice. And they'll monitor if the, if it moves, they'll monitor if it's actively being moved, if it's towed, 
um, and you can track it real time on a on a map. Uh, I've heard people talk about tile using a tile to track their car or whatever. Uh, that's bullshit. Tiles have to interact with other tiles in order to get network and location data. And I doubt that the thieves that stole your bike are going to have tiles laying around their garage to let police know where your bike is. Um, let's see. I've heard of people putting old cell phones and stuff under their seat. And I mean, so if it doesn't get found and taken out, so you've got the find my phone app and I guess you can find it that way. But that just seems like, I don't know whether I think you might have to have cell service on that. Yeah, and then why don't you just have the $7 thing that's actually designed to be that thing? Right. Uh, The one that I'm looking at, because I've got a Harley and every aftermarket thing in the world is available for it, for 400 bucks, I get a little ECU plug-in that has an alarm built into it, disengages the ignition system, and it also um, GPS tracks the bike, and uh, it has a, a fob. So if the alarm goes off, you can turn it off from... You know, inside your house or whatever. I think cameras are a big, big deal. I think that's important. Definitely. Stack up whatever evidence you can for the police to not do anything. Because cops are fucking useless when things get stolen. I had a bike stolen last year. It didn't make it very far because it had two flat tires. They got tired of pushing it. But, you know, I called the cops to file a report because they dumped it in a ditch. And I hadn't gone to go find it yet. And the cops didn't show up to to accept a report. They told me that I had to be at the location where the motorcycle was stolen, but it might be a couple of days before they can make it around to come and take a report. That really sucks. Um, on the plus side from another plus on, on mine, I called uh police, non-emergency. The day I found out about it was the day I also happened to be going home, coming home from where, from being out of town. So I got home called police non-emergency initiated a report and then was told by the dispatcher that it would be an hour or two. Cause they had a lot of non-emergency calls that they had to address. It was, it was maybe an hour. There was an officer there, took my report, took a description of the vehicle, uh, went over with me to talk to the business next door, uh, to give them a card so that they could contact him with, um, any information they might be able to, uh, glean from their security video, their security cameras. So like that, everything went as well as it could go. If you have to deal with this kind of headache, um, my wish for everyone else is that they don't have to deal with this kind of headache. I do not suffer from any illusion that I'm getting my motorcycle back. If the footage is usable at all, my hope is that it gets these people off of the street and, prevents them from doing this to somebody else. But the reality of the world that we live in is that that's not likely. I mean, that that's even optimistic. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing everything that I can to try and facilitate shutting these shitheads down. So let's talk about chains for a second. Um, regular chain that, that you go and pick up pretty much anywhere to, you know, for, you know, DOT approved chain or whatever it is that you're getting off of the spool at Home Depot or something like that. Usually you can cut through that with a pair of bolt cutters quietly in a matter of like a second or two. What you want is grade 70 or higher chain 
that's a that's a hardened steel chain. It's case hardened. You can't cut through it with bolt cutters. You have to have a grinder. Uh, battery powered grinders are really popular with thieves these days, but grinders are noisy. They throw sparks. They're going to get people's attention. And again, you're going to slow them down. The The more you invest in your chain, like if you go from grade 70 to a grade 80, it's going to be more expensive per foot by quite a bit, but it's going to take that much longer to cut through. So if you get a grade 100 or grade 120 chain, you're really going to slow people down. But I mean, that shit's what, like, I think it's like $30 a foot almost, but you don't need a lot. Yeah. $30 a foot. I want to say grade 100, grade 120 gets up to around 30 bucks a foot. I'm not sure. I'll have to double check. Well, now I'm really curious. There's a, there's a company that is really known for, uh, bicycle locks called kryptonite and they make a chain that's got a heavy hardened u-lock to lock the chain together with and it's called like the new york chain the new york forget about it chain and now i want to look and see what the the hardness rating like if it's what grade yeah you should if you don't if they don't have it stamped on the product you should call them up and ask them directly like what's the what grade steel is used for that u-lock yeah because if it's like a grade eight steel, you'll be able to cut through it with bolt cutters like it's nothing. Yeah. I know that it's a hardened chain, but I don't know what grade. Yeah, because, well, in hardened steel, like that's a it's a pretty generic term. A grade five bolt is hardened steel, but I break the heads off them all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, so what grade is it? If it's a grade 70, grade 80, you're really talking about some good hard steel that's going to take a long time to get through. Yeah, and so that's important stuff to know. So we went over the the GPS systems, uh, alarms. The there's some pretty cheap disc locks that have alarms on them, and if you're close enough to them, you can probably hear it. The sound on those doesn't travel well. Um, it's loud when you're up close to it, but it doesn't travel uh, for a long distance. Yeah. It has a hard time penetrating walls because it's a it's a high pitched treble, so yeah. it doesn't have that carrier wave like a good bass wave does. Um, so yeah, if you're going to be sleeping close by your vehicle, that can be a good option. The less expensive disc locks are more sensitive than the more expensive ones. So it's going to be going off more often. Uh, it doesn't have uh, a fob usually with the disc locks that you can turn it off from remote. You have to physically go down there, unlock the lock, take it off the disc, put it back on or wait until it stops screaming depending on like how sensitive it is. Yeah. Uh, I, my neighbor's cat set mine off yesterday. That was fun watching that cat run out from underneath my cover. Wait, so do you, do you want it to be more sensitive? It depends. Like I spent more money and got a less sensitive one because I don't want to be pissing my neighbors off all the time. It's like, I want when, when that thing goes off, I want it to be going off for a reason. Right. Cause the wind blew. Yeah, not because my cover shifted in the wind and set the alarm off. Because yeah. then my neighbors are going to hear the alarm go off and they're not going to bug me because that alarm goes off all the time. Yeah. That is one of those things about like car alarms. You've got those car alarms that are just really annoying because they're going off all the time. Yeah, nobody's nobody ever, ever does anything. with a car. Yeah. Yeah. The, the commercial business next to my apartment, their alarm goes off every night. Like, I don't know if it's because they're their maintenance crew is lazy and doesn't turn the alarm off when they take the trash out or what. But literally every night the, the sirens go off in that building 
and it's gotten to the point where nobody bothers calling the police or even looking out their window anymore. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's 11 o'clock. That alarm's going off again. God, I wish I had a hammer. Maybe I should just go smash that in. Uh, I just am, I'm over, I'm over people in general. And this Have you is seen just those, like a nail the anchors? The like the tie down anchors that they have? Like those are mostly for inside of garages. So yeah, you can use them anywhere that you have a hard surface with a big asterisk. You have to get a masonry bit and drill a pilot hole and that's all well and good. But the problem is like, for example, in my situation, my driveway is asphalt. That's not stopping anybody. No, and I it'll don't know rip if- right out. It, the it'll rip right. Out. I mean, even if I manage to, the asphalt survives drilling into it to lay the anchor. It's gonna fall apart if they pull on it hard enough. Right. Those are for like yeah, in a garage or if you have a, a solid concrete slab that's in good condition. Um, they're not really a viable option for most people and they're I mean it just depends on how much you don't want your shit stolen they're kind of they're kind of they're kind of incredibly redundant if you have a secure garage yeah but that is one more layer of security yeah because if somebody breaks into the front of your garage door they don't have easy theft on your motorcycles yeah I don't want this I just don't want this to happen to anybody else you know I'm wondering if like uh a wheel chalk bolted down to a piece of plywood. And so you're rolling the whole bike onto the plywood and the wheel chalk so that you can't move them separate, you know, something like that. Yeah. But plywood's not durable. No, it's not. But again, you're just adding time. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not, you can't prevent a theft. All you can do is drag it out. I mean, we could sit here and, and intellectually masturbate on ideas all, all afternoon, but yeah, I'm just curious about like, specifically outdoor parking lot safety like because that's mostly what we're dealing with in portland when i drive around portland i see a lot of bikes parked on the street and there's not a good answer for security for any of them some some of them have covers some of them don't have anything i brought up with my roommate at one point about throwing up a tough shed in the driveway and she's like oh no no the landlord like i brought it up to him once he's not about it he won't go for it it's it made it, she made it sound like it was an aesthetic issue, but having had this happen now, I feel like I'm going to reach out to him and be like, so now that this has happened, yeah. And can when, I put a tough shed up? And when she in initially driveway? had that conversation with the landlord, it was a different climate in Portland. Yeah. It's like, possible. It, I mean, it's still, it's still honestly, arguably it would still look really ugly. No, but it matters less now. Because Portland is much more prone to theft these days than it was when you guys first moved in there. Yeah. The neighborhood that you live in now is not the neighborhood that you lived in 10 years ago. And yeah. it's it's a completely different environment. Like, my neighborhood was a good neighborhood. And now it's a fucking shithole. You know? Like, I, Thanks, I've been coronavirus. About, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've this was happening before coronavirus. Like, whether I could get, you know, what I can do with my parking space in order to be able to, to secure stuff in it. And his mindset is as long as I stay inside of the yellow lines, it's my parking space and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Man, I wish that was the answer at my place. Maybe it is. I don't know. I haven't asked yet, but it is definitely on my uh, to-do list to reach out and be like, I need to do so. I don't have anywhere else to put it. The other thing is, I mean, I do. I can get a sec- 
like a uh, secure storage. But unit. that's a pain in the ass too. Because yeah, because now it's, it's like you're limited to seven a.m. to seven p.m. Yeah, and it's got to be like, what do I do if I don't get back in time to lock it up at the secure storage? Then you're well, locking it up at your I'm house. Locking again. it up in my house again. And storage um, units are weird. Like, I had to lie my ass off to be able to store my bike in a storage shed two years ago at one of those storm locks. They want you to drain the gas before you bring it in there. They want you to drain the oil before you bring it. Yeah, in Yeah, they there. want it winterized. Yeah, they want it dry. Yeah. Like, and because it's flammable. Fuck no, I'm not. I understand do that. why, but like, I want to ride the thing. Yeah, I also want it to not get jacked. Yeah, and there's a there's a severe lack of of secure bike storage around here. Like in the winter time, you can you can store your bike at a dealership usually, but when you actually want to get to it and ride it, you you don't have anywhere you can just daily it. Yeah. So maybe I need to just people may- out there with money. Like I will build a specific motorcycle storage place if you can find the angel investors for it. Yeah, maybe I just need to get off my ass and grow the fuck up and buy a house with a garage. And I wish that was an option for me right now. I just don't want to. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. So I have a random question for you because this is what we're doing. Uh, 3T manganese steel, what do you know about it? Nothing. Does it have a... Does that that's have any what, kind of a rating? That's what I'm trying to find out right now. But I thought maybe you would know off the top of your This is the the that chain is made out of 3T hardened manganese steel. Yeah, other than having a high I think manganese is its own element, right? Yeah. Other than having a high manganese content. I don't know what that's good for. But yeah. AJ Marshall says six things you need to know about T3 manganese about steel. yeah about 3T manganese steel it's manganese steel rust is it magnetic how i can tell can you, you it's not as good as 4T how can you <laughs> uh, how to weld it so how to weld it how to cut it is it magnetic does it rust what is it used for check out the how to cut it maybe that'll give you a good answer uh, let's see what else. It's been a good, it's been a very mild winter. We got lots of riding in. That was good. Spring has oh. came early. Well, so I don't know what this means, but it does say how to cut it. I don't know if this applies to like chains and shit. Many of Mangaloy's uses are limited by its difficulty in machining, sometimes described as having zero machinability. The metal cannot be softened by annealing and hardens rapidly under cutting and grinding tools, usually requiring special tooling to machine. The material can be drilled with extreme difficulty using diamond or carbide, although it can be forged from a yellow heat. It may crumble if hammered when white hot and is much tougher than carbon steel when heated. It can be cut with an oxyacetylene torch, but plasma or laser cutting is the preferred method. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah. That sounds like exactly. I kind of want to spend 120 bucks on one of these chains and buy and and go over to the uh, the shop with the angle grinder and see how long it takes to cut through it and if it's even possible. Well, like an angle grinder. Cycle Gear has uh, has a chain that they sell for a security chain that's 50 bucks, but I don't know what the hardness rating is on it. If it's manganese steel, yeah, this says it's self it's self hardening. I don't know what the fuck that means, but that means that when you heat it up and it cools down, it gets harder. 
Yeah. So, but that also means that as it heats up and you're you're cutting through it, it becomes more difficult to cut as you progress through it. So it's going to eat through grinding discs and things like that really quickly. Well, so at least you'll cut them a couple of grinding bits, and if they show up with one of those fucking uh, battery powered tiger saws with a saw anything blade on it, probably not going to get through it. It'll probably eat through the blade. Yeah. That sounds like a good investment. Then your weak point becomes your lock. Well, and so this one is also, it's, I'll show it to you later. You can see a yeah. picture. That one locks with a hardened steel shackle lock. Awesome. It's like, you know what, a, like a shackle bike lock, the bicycle yep. U-lock? Yeah. It's a miniature one that locks the, the two ends of the chain together. The sound of that ice machine is fucking wicked. <laughs> Dude, it's futuristic. <laughs> I feel like I'm in space. It's like clickety clacking and also whining at the same time. Yeah. Is that what it sounds like when it dumps a load? Oh, when it dumps a load, it's like. When it dumps a dumps a cold. I was gonna say dumps a hot load, but it's dumps ice. a cold load. <laughs> dumps a cold load. Yeah, man. Motorcycle theft. I fucking hate it. it yeah. Drives me nuts. Um, you are all garbage humans, and you don't deserve to breathe air. Like Adam's confrontational. I'm not, I'm not going to get in your face. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to film the fuck out of you. Um, and also know that I hope that you die. And I reserve that level of loathing for a select few people, thieves and fascists. And that's, that's pretty much it. Everyone else can kind of be trash piles. That's cool. If you're a thief, Jump off a bridge. Suck start a 45. I I hope I hope you steal the wrong person's bike and I hope that they murder your ass. Seems like a fair spot to stop. Yeah, I mean I'm I don't have anything else productive to say. Just lock your shit up as best as you can. Know that this is a possibility that it's gonna happen and make sure you've got good insurance. I don't have any other advice because that's where I'm at. It's working out okay. In a perfect world, I'd still have my bike, but we don't live in a perfect world. As with most things, motorcycle, there's a mindset that this won't happen to me. Like, well, I went for. I've been riding I won't since getting a crash. I've been riding since 2013, right? Yeah, I've never had a bike stolen. I've locked them all up the same way. Cover and locks on the wheels. Yeah, and it's been totally sufficient until it wasn't. So, yeah, and it's just a, it's a common mindset though with when it comes to motorcycles. It's like only this certain type of bike gets stolen. Uh, you know, it won't be my bike; it'll be somebody else's. It won't happen to me. Like you know, but all those oh, that's all just bullshit. Thieves steal what they want, and if they want your bike, they're gonna come for it. And so do what you can. Yeah, what they want or what they can. You know, if it's like, like we talked about earlier, if it's an opportunistic theft. They're going to steal it because it's there and easily accessible. If it's a targeted theft, they're going to take the time and effort. It's worth it to them because if they steal your motorcycle and sell your $1,000 aftermarket exhaust for $200, they don't give a shit because it was free for them. It's all profit. Yeah. All right. We'll put a pin in this episode. Ladies and, and gentlemen. Then, uh, we're going to come back a little bit cheerier here if we're going to have a drink. Yep. And we're going to talk about uh, 
our experience at the Indian motorcycle demo. Indian day. demo rides. You know, that was another little s- silver lining to this cloud is I got like this just happened. And here we are with a demo ride and I will save this for when we actually talk about the yeah. demo rides. But the way that they were running this one, I got nothing but good things to say. We'll get to that uh, after we take a little hiatus. And with for- any luck, we'll have a couple of ladies with us that were uh, organizing the demo. And we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with India motorcycles right now and, and where they're going in the future. Um, but that's all coming up next, possibly in as little as two hours from now. Beep, pop, boop. Have fun, gentlemen. And, and ladies. ladies. Oh, oh, that's something I did want to bring up. Oh. Ladies, 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 thank you for listening to my podcast. I thought that we had really poor uh, female listening numbers because we're at like 23% of our demographic is female. I was watching Fortnite, and he said that his female listenership is below 1%. So, lady writers out there and ladies that are listening to our podcast, thank you for your support. I think it's huge, and it makes me feel like we're doing something right if we're getting both sides of the spectrum like that. Sweet. That is good news. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks, guys. See like, you in a bit. listen, subscribe. <laughs> like, have a drink and shut the fuck up. Smack that like button like a bag of rice. Smack that dislike button.